Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the YouTube channel. And this, of course, is our very special open spoiler discussion of Ms. Marvel Season 1, Episode 5. So, of course, if you didn't just get the note there, this is an open spoiler discussion. So if you have not seen Episode 5 of Ms. Marvel yet, you might want to just add this video to your favorites list and come back a little bit later because we're going to talk about it in all detail. So you have been warned. I am, of course, your host, John Campion. I'm joined over here by Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how you doing? John, I'm very excited. You know, you and I haven't done a spoiler discussion together about Ms. Marvel. You've been doing them solo, so I'm very uh, honored to be here. Have we not done one yet? Not on this show, no. Oh, wow. Okay, well, I'm glad you're here with it's me very, today. very exciting. You know, I have to tell you, I... I found this show very refreshing. It was not something I was necessarily interested in, but as you have pointed out many times, this is a wonderful show. It, it is a wonderful show. And I'll tell you what, I, I'm right there with you. Like right at first, I didn't know that this show would be for me either. Like obviously when they announced that Iman Vellani, good Canadian girl <laughs> um, who grew up not far from me, uh, was cast and obviously got, got my attention, but I didn't know what to expect from the show. And, and and then right from episode one, I was completely hooked. And we are now all the way up to episode five, one episode here to go. And here's how this show is going to go, guys. Rob and I are first going to spend the first half just kind of talking about our thoughts and opinions about the different things that happened in this episode. And then we're going to throw it open to you. And then the entire second half of this, we're going to just hear from you. Do you have a thought, opinion, observation, theory, question about this episode of Ms. Marvel? You can use the Super Chat feature and send that in. And we will leave it open for a few more minutes. And uh, then we will close it down. And then we'll take the questions from there. So, Rob. Mm. Let's not waste any time. Let's dive into it here. So this episode picks up immediately kind of where we left off. Of course, in the last episode, we have um, Kamala finding herself back in time at that infamous event of when her great grandmother failed to get on the train and her, her little girl grandmother to get on train following stars to get on the train. We start there, but only a little bit further back. And what I have really, one of the things I've appreciated about this show is the fact that we're also getting a history lesson. Yes. We're getting a history lesson that they do not teach in Canadian schools or American schools. And I knew some of the things that are in there, but a lot of it I didn't. And so we get this whole background history about Kamala's great grandparents, starting with her great grandmother, who is a Jin, mm -hmm. and her great grandfather. Now, I just I had to pull up the INDB page because I want to make sure I got these names right, because this might be the best single best looking couple in the <laughs> history of comic book movies. You had Fawad Khan, who fucked that guy and his stupid fucking perfect face. That is a handsome man. The guy who plays her great grandfather. So the actor's name is Fawad Khan. And then the woman who plays Aisha, her great grandmother, the Jin. I want to. I'm going to mispronounce the name. I'm sure, but uh, Mewish Hyatt, who stunning. Yeah. Especially when she smiles. Like when she smiles, like good grief. Oh. It's like it's one of the best looking couples I've ever seen in a comic book movie. Anyway, this totally charming. The era that they're in, of course, pre that starts pre the partition, and. It starts with this great line of her waking up and saying, if you touch me, I'll break your leg. And he's like, what, this leg? Like, he's already, I, and immediately you're charmed. And it's such a beautiful, you know, the way they transitioned from when he's just giving her a meal and that, and then this transition to being outside 
And her saying, thank you for making a home for me. The camera pans back and she's pregnant. We now understand there's been a time jump. That was some visually, some great visual storytelling. What do you think of that? Totally agree. I mean, you know, the, the, when he, he says, Hey, you're going to trample, you've been trampling my roses. That's right. Yeah. You know, and there, there's just something about, look, I think one of the great strengths of this show, I've always loved stories that delve into other cultures that are not mine. And whether you're seeing something like my big fat Greek wedding or you're you're going across time and space or you're learning about any culture that's different. I've, I think this does the show is very affectionate about these cultures that aren't our own. That's perfect. It's a very affectionate. I like very that. Affect, it's very affectionate. And, and there's a lot of because, you know, we in America so often we hear these cultures, they're not portrayed in a great light. And a lot of these cultures are much older than ours and they have beautiful traditions and beautiful people and yeah. they're so wonderful. And, and what I really loved about this scene is it was just so loving and so romantic and the colors and the field of and roses, it was tender. It was tender. very tender, a, gr- a great word. And I have to say it kind of warmed my heart, you know, and it starts out, you don't know. Cause she's, Aisha starts run. She's running from British she's soldiers. On the, well, she's running from British soldiers. She's running from the other clandestines. Yeah, she's the, like and, basically and, on the run and she's on the run, but she certainly is good with a knife, you know? And, and yeah, by the way, let's not gloss over. This episode starts with murder. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's not gloss. She starts with the killing of, I mean, granted he was trying to kill her granted, but yeah. And like you said, it, we get into a history lesson, how Pakistan is going to be the Muslim stronghold. And then, then India is being Hindi, uh, 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 more secular and yeah, much more secular place. And yet it's still, this is not a peaceful transition of power. And they really get into that. They, they bring the danger. The danger is it, it rises and rises and rises to the point where they have to leave this beautiful home that they have. Um, because Aisha's, Aisha's, uh, husband is Muslim. No one's buying his milk and no one's buying his roses. Well, well, her milk and his roses. Her but milk and his roses. What it, it was kind of nice to see. And I think this is where it makes it very relatable because I talk a lot on this show about how one of the great things about Ms. Marvel is like things like my big fat Greek wedding or turning red. Yeah. It's a show that focuses on a different culture, but shows that it's all the same all experience, the same. right? It That's the same mom. That's These are the same struggles we all have. We have a shared human experience, right? It's kind of neat to see that they go the opposite way on that as well. That different culture, different country, some of the same problems. There is racism. There is religious intolerance. There is like, let's not forget, America doesn't have the the market cornered on racism and intolerance. Oh, no. We certainly have a lot of it here. We'd like to think we do. Yeah. But we don't. There's some people who think we could be doing better when it comes to having more racism and intolerance in this country. But it's it's neat to see that them tell the story from this other culture. Saying, hey, they have the same loving relationships. Parents love their children. They have the same struggles. Uh, they also have some of the same problems and that is actually kind of refreshing to see too, that they went that way. No, absolutely. And, and uh, again, like you're getting a history lesson without them pounding you over the head. Yeah. It was very quick, summarized brief, but they make the point and then they move on. And then I have to say they did cut to our modern day with the family. And there was something, a very funny exchange when the cousin, one of the cousins goes, well, why don't you just go into her phone and, and, and find, find my phone. So good. The mother's like, you could do that. So <laughs> I mean, I, but even before that, they're talking about a chip. It's like, she's my daughter, not a dog. Do you think I've not looked into that? Do you think I would not have done that? I'm just like, see, it's the same it's experience. It's the same thing. And I mean, you know, all of the exchanges with the family, none of them are perfunctory. 
They all are character building. And to me, that that's great writing. Yes. You know, so, yeah. When you see a lot of the time, people just have these generic exchanges. Every single exchange in, between any family member in the show builds character and not, not like builds your you're a strong i mean it, it tells you something about their characters yeah. no line of dialogue is wasted and it's all either either humorous it's loving it's funny i i mean between it really is a beautifully written show and it, i don't think it's getting the credit that it deserves for how good the writing actually is especially the dialogue no the, the writing has been absolutely exceptional in this and so once we get past that part, you know, we see the establishing of the relationship between the great grandparents. So good. The, the, the establishing of the time has come that the problems are happening. They need to leave. And then, of course, the djinn shows up. And, you know, much like the way she introduced herself to Kamala, we see herself reintroducing herself to Aisha as if it's warm. She gives her the embrace and all that kind of stuff. But you can already tell on Aisha's face that she knows better. Yeah. And she's like, I expect you to. Meet with us tomorrow. Yeah, you have till tomorrow. Because it's been years. I mean, they've had a child and all this. And, oh, here's where you've been hiding. Yeah, the time has passed. So they make the run to go to the train. She confronts her again. This time, just straight up murder. Just stabby, stabby. And, and that was kind of heartbreaking. It it was. It reminded me of Gladiator. When Commodus comes up before they battle yeah. and he just shoves the knife into Maximus, it's so unfair. And then you see her struggling, you know, amidst this crowd, no one is the wiser. Everyone's worried about how are we gonna get the hell out of that Dodge. But on top of that, there was this element of, because it was kind of out of nowhere and sudden, I think there was, you kind of brought it up too, there's a heartbreak to it. Like it was so sudden that we, we as the audience didn't see, I mean, obviously we know but the gin catching up to her is not going to end well. No. Right. We know that the, the great grandmother goes missing, but it was so quick and so sudden that I wasn't prepared for it as an audience member. Me neither. And as you can see the heartbreak on Aisha's face from being stabbed, like we felt it too. And then we move past that into the, what has been talked about since the early episodes, the great grandmother's little girl seeing stars leading her to her thing. And this is where the, this twist is fantastic. It was Kamala all along who led her grandmother back or her grandmother back to her great grandfather, which creates a time paradox. But that aside, like that was such a cool thing to do because Right from the beginning, when they started talking about my great-grandmother saw stars, I let her back. So, obviously, the bangle. The bangle had something to do with it, right? Yeah. I did not, and I'm sure some people did see it coming. I did not see it coming that it was Kamala all along oh, no. that led her there. You know what I mean? No, I thought that no. was a great twist. And, you know, what's interesting is, depending on what, how you subscribe to the flow of time, she was always supposed to be there. Because time, you know, what happened, bef what happened in the past, what happens in the present, what happens in the future, depending on... If you're part of the time variance authority in the sacred timeline, I mean, that's how it was always supposed to, to occur, you know? And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I really love that. I thought it was great. Amidst the turmoil of all this, it was a great scene. You know, really, again, moving and heroic. I mean, not all heroes have to punch somebody to exhibit heroism. Yeah. So the one thing I will say about the scene, though, is in this big crowd of people, Here's Kamala Khan creating these light platforms and nobody seems to notice. I, I will like you'd think a couple of bystanders would have stopped and go, what the hell is this? But they just kind of gloss. No, over man, that. they had to get on their trains. Come on. 
Okay, no, there is an argument to be made for that, that they were, the last train was getting, their lives were all on the line. So, yeah. Okay, I okay, I can see no, that. No, no, but you're but right. I mean, one or two bystanders. Maybe, maybe just a little something going, huh? Yeah. <laughs> a couple of insert shots. Something, or even as the little girl's following the stars, which I think she was generating. I think the little girl was generating the right. stars, right? Yeah. But I, it, we'll find that out in the final episode, I'm sure. But still, aside from that, which was a problem for me, so she gets there, and then they go, we come back to modern time. Waking up right where the where they had left off in the middle of the fight, everybody else been knocked down. Well, the stabbing, too, the stabbing on the bangle. Yep. Sends her back to... And obviously created some kind of an explosion, if you will, that knocked everybody out. Right. They all come to, the rift is opening, and this is where things start to get weird for me. Yeah. And... Weird in a way that it wouldn't be if this wasn't going to be so rushed because Disney, for whatever reason, known only to them and their mothers, they've decided to make this idiotically a six episode series. Morons. Anyway, (laughs) am I being vague about this? So all of a sudden the rift is there. Why did the rift open now? Was it the knife hitting the bangle? Was it? Uh, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, no idea. What suddenly made the doorway open? I'm not sure, but okay. The doorway starts to open as a way for them to get back home. The first clandestine approaches it, and it's home. We're going home. Approaches and touches it, and instantly, you know, Lost Ark melts yeah, their Yeah, fa- very, very much so. Yeah, very much a Raiders of the Lost Ark situation. Now, here's the thing, and I alluded to this. Oh, that, that, that was graphic. I alluded to this earlier on the show. While it is definitely not identical to, like, say, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Terragenesis process, there are similarities. Now, of course, a lot of people have been asking, but is are they going to go the Inhumans route? I've been saying I really don't think they're going to go the Inhumans route, whatever. And that that is definitely not definitively Terragenesis going on. That, no. That's, but... Um, it's kind of similar in a, in a way that it's made me go, well, I still don't think they're going the humans route. And I certainly don't think they should go the inhumans route. It's I wouldn't bet money against it at this point, only because of that visual. You know what I mean? Right. No, you're absolutely right. And, but I again, what are the rules here? You know, yeah. sudden, suddenly it's like, oh, we're, how, why did you think that that gateway was going to take you home if you've never been through this process before? You know, it's it's it, like if you bring up Raiders at the end of Raiders. Indy knows. Don't look at it, Marion. Like if they had closed their eyes, would the gateway have let them through? Like I, I was, I I don't know. And and like all of a sudden, we're put, we're thrust literally into this situation where I've suddenly literally lost the plot. I yeah. don't I don't know what's happening. You know, I've known I've been following the plot along. Okay, I get every. I, I understand what the clandestines want. They want to go home, and I understand what's happening. And if they do it, if they open the door, then our their world is going to imprint itself over ours, sweep ours away. Okay, but this kind of threw me for a loop. Well, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the antagonists, who we thought were the antagonists, are just gone. They're gone. Like I'm okay. Except one. Except, well, and, and is he even I mean, an antagonist? Yeah, no. Because here's the thing. I'm fine with an antagonist departing a story what feels like early. Sure. That's fine. But this was like, you know, 
Randy Orton RKO out of nowhere. <laughs> Boom. They're, they're just gone. Like they're there and then they're gone. And then she goes, I know what has to happen. And she touches thing. First of all, if she didn't even know, and we're talking about the, the, the lead gin here, if she didn't even know that this thing was going to kill her people, how would she know, huh? Well, this is killing us. They didn't see that coming. If I touch it while saying the name of my son, Kamran, my power will transfer to him. So look, then maybe they'll explain that in episode six. Right. Maybe they will. But you've got to understand that your audience is watching tonight. And you've just left your audience completely baffled. Like, what just happened? And why did he suddenly... And by the way, in the comics, he has this translucent power in the comics. Sure. But still, all of a sudden, that's there. And for some reason, he turns to Bruno. Why Bruno? Not really sure. He says because he has nowhere else to turn. R really? And that was your best option? But still, fine. Okay, story. I'll buy it. Fine. I'll buy it. We'll allow it. He goes there. The agency tracks him down there. The, the bottom floor blows up. And then... They just decide that's the time to stop the episode, which was which which was abrupt. But again, I'll allow it. The bigger thing to me, though, was this really all of a sudden. Uh, again, the 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 people who've been set up as the antagonists were just suddenly gone, and that's weird. Now, I mentioned this on the John Cabe show earlier today, but now that we've been able to talk about it in context, this is what I meant by this feels like a great midpoint of the season it's like we laid all that foundation we got this set up uh whatever the jinn were there for a bit but now the, this power is transferred to kamran and now we got to figure out what that power is and what that's all about um you know kamala has gone over to pakistan and india and she's found out she's she's discovered the roots of her abilities and stuff like that it feels like ah act one or maybe even Act 2. Yeah, I would say at the end of Act 2, going into an Act 3. Now we can go into Act 3, and we can fulfill the the realization of the story now. But this is, of course, Disney Plus, that are just looking at banging out these series as quick as they can, make them six episodes, about a little over a half hour each, once you take away the previously on and the, and the seven-minute long credits, yeah. without any post-credit scenes. Although one of the early episodes did have one. Um, so you're looking at about a 35 minute episodes and it just like you're realizing as much as I like this episode and I did me too up until, the, you know, the little bit of confusion, what's going on with the antagonist. But still, I thought it was a really interesting episode. All the stuff with the history and all that kind of stuff it was beautiful, touching and it was tender and all that kind of stuff. But then the episode ends and you realize I feel like the story is now ready to start. And we've got about 35 minutes left. And that's frustrating to me as a viewer. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I feel like that the, here's a story, a coming of age story of a Kamala coming into her own, uh, not just into her powers, but into her. She's growing, growing up and she's learning about her past. She's learning about her future. She's learning about her place in the world. And you're, you're now like positioned in a, in a place in a story. You're like, okay. We as an audience should understand what is this next biggest. She's got to confront the emperor now. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, she confronted Vader. She's got to confront. Except the emperor's gone now. Th there's no emperor. Yeah, the Vader I, I, and the emperor are gone. They're so. gone, and I, I, I really don't understand where we're at now. Yeah, and as an astute watcher, I found that kind of strange. And I think it's because, like, right now I would have thought, okay, you've got a now a great setup for three great episodes, beginning, a middle, and an end, the climax of the story. This should have been a nine-episode series. Nine, 10, 11, 12 episodes. I, I mean, and, and here's the other thing, too, now. 
If they do, and this is an if, if they do try to introduce Carol Danvers here to show what, because we know Kamala is going to be part of the Marvel's movie. Right. Now that's got to be just shoehorned in, like super rushed. Like it's, it's going to have to, what should have been a one and a half episode kind of reveal. It's now going to be, well, whew, I'm sure I'm glad I've got my powers now and we saved the day. Shh, who's there? It's Carol Danvers. <laughs> I hear you're a fan of mine. Ms. Marvel will return. And, and, and it's going to be just super shoehorned in like that instead of a narratively satisfying segue into it. They're just going to shoehorn. And it feels like the entire... Everything that's going to happen in the last episode. And again, I'm speaking out of my ass because right, I haven't sure. seen the final episode. But I feel like now everything in the final episode is just going to be this giant shoehorn. Oh, I agree. And also, what does her powers, what does the 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 this, this, I kept thinking, is it tied to the Ten Rings from Shang-Chi? I thought for sure it's, uh, and, and I still won't be surprised if they say this. If Because no. listen, in that scene in the temple, the flashback scene, and the camera pans back, yep. what's engraved on the ground? Uh-huh. The Ten Rings. I, and I still think there's a possibility that's, that the Ten Rings themselves and the bangle are somehow connected to the rings created in the Eternals. Uh, absolutely. And if they are... Why hasn't any of that been touched on? I mean, they're obviously some kind of a cosmic power. That's what I, I would think would bring. Like, why would Carol Danvers even show up in this show? Like, what yes, connection? The only connection has to be cosmic energy of okay, some kind. Okay, I, I have a theory now. I have a theory. If we are right, and this is a big if, if we are right that there is a connection between the bangle, some kind of connection between the bangle and the Ten Rings, right? But what happens at the end of Shang-Chi? Carol Danvers is brought in to help investigate the nature of the power of the 10 rings, right? Mm -hmm. It is possible, however unlikely, that, that a weakness Carol Danvers, yeah, exactly. Exploit it. <laughs> <laughs> that Carol Danvers shows up saying, I registered a power signature that was similar to one I've been, to one I've been investigating. Right. That's probably what's going to happen. Maybe that could well, be that it. That sounds like a pretty good be. theory to me. Yeah. So just a theory. But because, again, remember, and Shang-Chi, her Bruce Banner brought in to investigate this thing. Maybe she senses that power thing that goes off in the bangle. Maybe maybe the thing about the knife hitting the bangle and causing this huge and the opening of the veil and all that kind of stuff. Maybe wherever Carol Danvers is in the universe that registered for her, she came to investigate. I don't know. It could be but, way wrong. But I that. would buy that. Like in terms of the storyline that's happening, because we've seen this power has been expended over the course of this of this series. It's been used multiple times. It's been on the news. You're the girl with the lights. Uh, the yeah. mother's like, you're the girl with the lights. Well, she's not the only one who's registered this. And that would make sense to me that they've tracked it down, which would also add to the lore. You know, add to the and the, and maybe when we when we knew, knew more than he let on about the the ten rings that I, I would that I would buy, but still, it doesn't really. What about the gin? What about the clandestines? What about that? What about that land? Does it exist? Is it even real, or was that a myth they bought into? And how did she close it? Like like without any like much again, I. I really enjoyed this episode. See, the way I'm talking, it almost makes it sound like I didn't like the episode. I really like the episode I too. But it's in liking the episode and loving the show so far that creates this real sense of frustration in me. Yes. That it just feels like the show's getting going. And I don't mean that in a you want to leave them wanting more kind of way. No, no, no. I mean in a very unsatisfactory 
kind of, I don't see how they're going to bring this to a conclusion, but hey, listen, maybe they're going to pull something out of their ass. Maybe they're going to do something they've never done. And like the last episode is going to be like 110 minutes long. I, I doubt it. They've never done that yet, but wouldn't it be cool if they did? And maybe it's going to be awesome. They are going to tie it all off. Great. I am just dubious of that right now, man. Right. And look, they have to bring the rest of the family back. You yeah. know, and the and the 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 social media influencer that that Amy was saying this morning, you know, they can bring her back. I mean, there's a lot of characters that they've spent a lot of time in the first, especially the first three episodes, endearing them to us. And I would think we've got to go back and have some resolution there. Like, is Kamala going to come out to her family? Like, I'm a superhero. Well, or, she's out to, to her mother now. Well, yeah, but, but what about her brother? Her dad. Yeah, Nokia I, I, knows. But by the way, I love that character, and well, she's just been gone. Right. And that's fine if this was a nine episode season because we knew we we're going to get a lot more time. Again, I, I'm, I'm focusing too much on the fact that no, it's not too much. This deserves it. They are they, they this six episode thing is nonsense and they are proving with every single show that comes out this is a format that does not work. I agree. Or it could work because as I brought it before you think about British shows like Bodyguard with Richard Madden uh, right. Rob Stark. But you have to then structure them as such. That's exactly right. And, and they and, just don't do a good job at and that. And what's so funny is you go back and you look at Bodyguard, that's a six episode show. It works. Yeah, but it wasn't 35 minute episodes. No, it was not. Right, it so. was not, and and I don't understand. I mean, it's almost like they're shooting these as if they're a movie, and I'm sure they are. I'm sure they're shooting these as if they're but a if movie. They were it would have they would have worked out a lot better. I feel like if they yeah. did shoot it as a and movie. I, but that's how I feel like they're shooting them, and then they just figure out how to cut them into various episodes. When I really think they need to write these as things with beginning, middles, and ends. I agree. Each episode, I think that's the problem. Is they're written the script is one long story and not broken up into actual six different and again it's fun i want to reemphasize again my my uh ire about this is coming from the fact that i really do like this show a lot like i'm really and i feel like they're hamstringing the show by by doing it this way anyway guys that's our take on the episode five that we had of ms marvel we both really liked it loving this show so far very frustrated that i don't see any way they're going to be able to satisfactorily conclude this without making feel super rushed or disjointed or or shoehorned or whatever but Hey, man, we'll see. But now the important thing is we want to hear from you. We The Super Chats are no longer open, but we have them open for a while. And you guys were firing in your thoughts, opinions, theories, uh, and questions as well. So let's get over to those and see what you guys have been firing in. But you know what? Before we get to those, we want to take a second and thank the sponsor of this video today, our friends. I love these guys at Storyblocks. We want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of today's video, Storyblocks. Guys, I have been an enthusiastic fan and user of Storyblocks for years. I go to them whenever I'm in need of content creation assets like royalty-free music, video clips, or templates for my creative projects, ranging anywhere from little editorial videos to my very own full-feature documentary. Storyblocks helps you bring your stories, videos, and projects to life without sacrifices due to time, budget, or access to resources. They have over 1 million different story assets, ranging from stock videos, audio and music, an in-browser video editor, and they feature pre-designed templates, animations, and outros. Storyblocks uses an affordable subscription model and their unlimited access plans offers, well, unlimited video and audio downloads rather than a costly pay-per-clip model. With Storyblocks,
books, you'll be able to create more content and more importantly, better content, all while using a subscription plan that fits your budget, utilizing unlimited downloads of demand-driven and diverse content. So if you're interested in upping your content creation game, head over to www.storyblocks.com campia and get started today. That's www.storyblocks.com and thank you to our friends at Storyblock. Again, guys, I use them for my own documentaries, some editorial videos. They are fantastic. If you're into content creation, you got to get Storyblocks. All right. With that down, down we're going to move on and start taking those live comments and thoughts that you guys have been sending in. So, uh, Rob, what do we got? Well, our first question or our first uh, comment comes from <laughs> Suffering in College. Sends in a super chat and says, Off for me pretty hard with episode four and five, and I find myself... Very disappointed. I like the partition stuff, but that's where it ends. Thinking I may skip the future Disney Plus shows for Marvel at this rate. Oh, that was one of two. You know what? He might have. Might have come in a little bit. Oh, there it is. Also, how are we five episodes into this series and yet know nothing about the Jinn, nor Dimension, or its inhabitants? Even the bangle itself is still a complete mystery from 2001. It doesn't have a name, origin, or a clear power set. Okay, but let me, let me speak to that for a second, though. That part is fine. The thing about the bangle, that's fine. The Ten Rings, Shang-Chi ended with us still not really knowing no. anything about the Ten Rings. That's fine. I have no problem with that whatsoever. Um, you introduce at some point that, you know, the Jin are going to be the antagonist of this thing. Okay, that, that's that's fine. And then suddenly they're gone. You introduce all these grand concepts of there's this other universe, which, of course, has been a part of the MCU for a while. There's this other universe and there's all that kind of stuff. But no definition. Now, again, I'm sure they're going to touch on this a little bit once we get into to the next episode. Yeah. But it's going to be really, really rushed. Again, <laughs> pardon me. I totally get Listen, episodes four and five didn't work for you. I think they're beautiful. I think they work great. I think they're wonderful compliments because I was telling this to Rob earlier today. By going back into the past, you are actually laying foundational stuff for Kamala. Right. This gives us a better understanding of Kamala as Kamala better understands herself. I thought it was beautifully done, all that kind of stuff. But if it didn't work for you, that's cool. But you do mention a, a common thing right now. And I mentioned this today, too, that other than WandaVision and this show, Ms. Marvel, which I feel is going to get, again, maybe ruined by an overly rushed final episode. Um, the the MCU shows on Disney Plus have not been must watch TV. No. I mean, I I liked Falcon they start Winter out as such. They always start out great. Right. But I liked Falcon, the Winter Soldier, but it wasn't great. Right. I liked Loki, but it wasn't great. I didn't like Hawkeye. Um, Moon Knight was I enjoyed Moon Knight, but it wasn't great. No. I mean, and, and I just feel like the whole thing and, and a lot of it has to do with this structure problem. I think they have, but structure and also the endings. Yeah. Like I, I, I always they don't know that, how to they don't know how to stick the landing. No, they peter out and you wonder what was the point of this story that you're telling me? Like, especially Moon Knight, you know, you start out watching about it's about Mark Spector. And then by the end, you've got Khonshu and Ahmed fighting like in this. What do the Jins? I mean, the story is Kamala's story. So what does all this other gobbledygook mean in terms of her? Like now she knows more of who she is and we've seen all that. But OK, how does that now incorporate 
what does the destruction of our Jin characters have to do with where she's going to go next? Yeah. Does she just walk home and go, you're never going to believe, Mom, what I actually witnessed today. <laughs> I witnessed Jin's being, like, turned into crystals and and fall apart in bone, a pile of bones. I think the mom saw that. And uh, yes. But what are they going to talk about? Like, like, what does that mean? Yeah. I, and by the way, I should recant one thing. I said they've never been able to stick the landings. The one show that I still don't think was great, but that did stick the landing very well was Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, I thought so, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that uh, one, they stuck the landing. It's just unfortunate. I didn't think the show was great up until that point, but they did stick. But the that was that also one. the most grounded you know, down to earth, espionage, that kind of thing. Yeah. This, they're introducing all these heady concepts and showing us these things. And, and yet we're kind of left with not really an understanding of what does all of this mean? Yeah. All right. What's next? Oh, Suffering College says the clandestines honestly felt like they found four random extras, told them not to bother getting changed, then proceeded to buy them $2 props from Costume City for weapons and called it a day. Overall, this series fell. And then I think we already read the other uh, part. I want to say this about the clandestines. I a thousand percent disagree with you about, about that part because they felt like they were living in this world. Yes. They weren't supposed to look or feel like they came from another world. They were no. supposed to look like they blended, so that's fine. But I would disagree completely with you that they just felt like they grabbed four random people and put them on screen. Had they not just given them that exit? Because the way they have written them out, again, we may go into episode six and they're still there. Maybe it is Terragenesis and they transform, they evolve into the next stage of Pokemon or whatever it is that they're going to do. But and so maybe they will. But I'm going to assume they're not for now because they did. They kind of showed up suddenly because they're suddenly gone. It's like, OK, maybe it does feel like that a, a little bit. I completely agree with you. I mean, it, it, but again, like you said, they're not supposed to stand out, first of all. Yeah. And and again, in a way, because we really only focused on a few of them, all these characters were in the background the whole time. I yeah. mean, that they felt that way because we didn't know them. Yep. All right. You What's know? next? Suthius sends in a super chat and says, near the beginning of the series, when the dad told the story of great grandmother following a trail of stars, I somehow knew it'd be Kamala. Is this an example of this always happened time travel? Again, it, it they created a time paradox, right? That for her to get back, she needed Kamala there. So what came first? What, what like, and this is where your brain starts to bleed, right? Well, wait a minute. What about the first time before Kamala was born? How did she... Um, yeah, so yes, it becomes a, a sense of destiny. You brought up the time variance authority that it always has to happen this yep. way, right? Has to happen that way. Um, so yeah, it does kind of feel like that. By the way, did, did we go back far enough, Jonathan? We're, we're, are we at the right spot for the questions? Yes. Okay, yeah. great. All right, what's next? Fangblaze71 says, I love the first three episodes. Four was okay, but I can't lie. I think this was the worst episode from all the live action Star Wars and Marvel shows on the app. Oh, I really? don't. I I disagree. I think uh, I, again, I am as confused about the sudden departure of the Jin, the, the the abrupt ending. Where does this even going in? But so much of it was not just good, great. So much of this episode was great. The history going back in time. I maybe it's because so I, I I loved it. I mean, and it's you're, you're being the you're getting world building here, and I thought that was really important. And it also leaned into the history of the family itself. Yeah, which, which I thought was mean, great. And I, I loved it. And and I will say this though, about like no, there have been some truly horrible episodes 
whether you're talking about Book of Boba Fett or that one episode of Loki, which I still think is the worst episode anything of anything on Disney Plus so far. There have been a lot of things a lot worse. But like even if the show rolled its credits as Aisha died on that train platform, this I thought it was a great episode up until that point. Yeah. Then some confusing things happened, but that first 20 minutes of this episode, I thought I personally thought was great. I totally agree. Anyway. All right. What's next? Thanks for writing your thoughts, man. Appreciate that. Uh, uh, Hoser, Hoser mates. <laughs> Is it Hoser mates? I liked episode five. It's Aisha and human descent. Um, again, I have disagreed all along with all the people who theorize their, I mean, I, was, I understand because of the comic stuff, but that inhumans are going to be part of this. It's one thing for Kevin Feige to bring in Black Bolt and, and the comic accurate costume and all that kind of stuff. It would be another thing to truly fully embrace the Inhumans and bring them in. And I don't think Kevin Feige is going to do that. Now, again, I didn't think Kevin Feige was going to bring in Black Bolt and Doctor Strange. <laughs> and make it make it Manson Mount. Yeah, and make it Manson Mount. And he did. So keep that in mind. But I still don't think they're going to go the Inhuman route. But after that whole crystallization thing, I'm not willing to put any money on it. I still right. don't think they will. But I'm not willing to put any money on. I'm with you. All right. What's next? Uh, the Sock sends in a 1999 Super Thank, you, Thank sock. you, Sock. Okay, hold on. What the F was that character turn? You're telling me she's been trying to go home for decades and murdered people in cold blood for it. And that makes her do 180? Also, that felt like a very abrupt end to the episode. Okay, been I, I will say the abruptness of the ending of the episode. Absolutely. But... That made her do 180? By that, do you mean her son? In, in, in the annals of good motivations, a parental concern for their child is a pretty good one. But, but here's the thing, too. And this is both a defense and a prosecution of this scene. We don't really understand what happened. Right. Like, all of a sudden, she seemed to have an understanding of what she needed to do here. How she did, no idea. And then she touches it and yells, come on. And then all of a sudden, somewhere else, some power infuses into him. How she knew, I, I, I don't know. But before we start defending her choice of doing that, because she's a parent and that's her child, or before we start attacking it, it's like she's been trying to do this for decades, let's get an understanding first of what actually happened. Cause right now I'll tell you, I'm in the dark. I don't really know what happened there. And I don't think we really will until episode six. I completely agree with you. And that's another thing. How did she even know that would happen? I, I, that's like, they were shocked when they touched it and turned into stones. I'm like, Oh, but now you suddenly know everything about this and how it works. It was very strange. Again, a lot that needs to be explained in episode six. Yeah, maybe there's the handbook that we haven't been privy to. No, but but seriously, maybe they're going to do something in episode six that we go, oh. Well, yes. I, I, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt for now until we see it, but I'm dubious. I am too. All right, what's next? Suffering in College sends in a super chat and says, also, oh, wait, um, we already I already read this one. Uh, but yeah, we skipped forward. Uh a-Rod 2006 says, this episode shows how far ahead the MCU is. They can go 80 years into the past and make it feel immersive and grand scale. You know, being television, being Disney Plus, and there are limits. It, they could have made it feel grander in scale, but they did do a pretty good job. You know, like going into the history of it. Like, you know, I was telling Rob earlier today, 
that I got about 20 minutes in that episode. And I remember, and I turned to Anne and I said, you know what? They haven't done one thing about superpowers or, or uh, superheroes or another dimension. None of that in this episode. This has just been a wonderful st origin story of these two people about how they met and how they fell in love mm -hmm. and this cultural upheaval as the background. It was beautiful storytelling to me. And one of the things that Disney and Marvel has done so well is they have, listen, Moon Knight, as much as I didn't love Moon Knight, I still liked it, but Moon Knight did stuff that we hadn't seen them do before at all. Ms. Marvel is doing things we've never seen them do at all. Shang-Chi was a, obviously for a lot of different reasons, was a totally unique and new different mm -hmm. thing that they had ever done. I mean, they constantly are able to find ways of exploring new territory they've never treaded before. And I, I thought that whole thing about the opening and with the partition as the background and, and the history of India and, and Pakistan was, was inspired. I really do. I, I thought it was beautiful storytelling. Agreed. Uh, I absolutely agree with that. All right. What's next? Uh, Josh Becker says, the problem I have with Marvel right now is why decide to make a show if you can't tell the whole story? An origin movie is usually better if done well. That's actually a good point. I mean, I thought this was an origin story. I mean, you're really, but maybe you can't get into it as deeply as you might want in a, in a feature film sense. But here's the thing. This is the funny thing about this six-episode format. While if you add up the minutes... The minutes of these six episode things do exceed, not by a lot, but do exceed that of a feature film. But in the format of a feature film, you can cover a lot more ground yes. and do it in a much more efficient way. You can get more bang for your buck and you end up telling a more compelling and more believable and endearing story because we've already said a couple of times here in an or I feel like if this was a movie and it's an origin story. I feel like we just got either to the midpoint or to the end of act two. Mm. And now we're all set the stage for a full act three. And therein lies the problem. And, and I really do feel like, while as an IP, Ms. Marvel is ripe for Disney Plus. But if this was the story you wanted to tell, this should have been a movie. It should have been a two hour and 15 minute movie, structured as a movie, executed as a movie. And I think it would have been, now again, I have loved Ms. Marvel up till now. I'm just, I'm operating on the dubiousness that I have of what they're going to be able to do in episode six. And maybe they're going to shock me and really find a way to bring yep. it to a real, and if they do, awesome. I, I'm just, like I said, I'm skeptical. Me too. I, I couldn't agree with you more. All right, what's next? South Texas Shark says, do you think Wong will show up? <laughs> I'd love that. Listen, I, I I was making fun of myself and other people, other MCU fans earlier today, because <laughs> all of us, like I'm telling myself included, we're like, cameos, 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 right? But I'm okay if it's a Carol Danvers, because narratively that makes sense. And I'll tell you what else, I would also be okay with Wong. The reason being is, is that for twofold. One, we were talking a little bit before about the investigation of the origins of the Ten Rings. If that is something that could catch the attention of Carol Danvers, it could also be something that catches the attention of Wong. But number two is, it feels lately that Wong is kind of becoming the next, um, why am I freezing on the character's name? Uh, Nick Fury. He's kind of becoming the next Nick Fury. It kind of almost feels a little bit like Wong is becoming the connective tissue between a lot of the different properties. So for those two reasons... I would be okay if a Wong showed up. I don't think you will, but 
but I'd be okay with it if he also did. he would be the one that's would be tracking down this on Earth anyway yes. as a Sorcerer Supreme, <laughs> and maybe he summoned Carol Danvers to come back to Earth to say like, look, I found there's this activity going on. I don't quite know what it is but it's connected to our investigation. Right. By the way, somebody in the live chat, Leonardo in the live chat is saying, Wong, why not Kingo? Uh, current events, Kingo's not on Earth. Right. Kingo is currently in the captivity of a celestial and not around for that. So that would be why. Plus, narratively, other than the fact that he would be around somewhere, uh, there's no real narrative connection there, unless again, unless the Ten Rings, the Eternals Rings, and the Bangle are all connected, which that's just theory on our part, right? Yeah. All right. What's next? Sam Fisher says, "Was that a Cree hand at the beginning of Episode Four? I'm trying to remember the hand. What? What? Yeah, hand? I don't remember. Um, I don't, unless they're alluding to Secret Invasion, but I don't think so." You know, I, I cannot recall. Yeah, you might be back. right, but I can't recall, unfortunately. All right, what's next? Sam Fisher says, I know everyone was up in arms about changing Kamala's origin from inhuman, but I love that they leaned into the Indian Pakistani history and culture. Absolutely, 100%. I think that's fantastic. Right. But also, clarify, when you say everyone was up in arms, you mean the half percent of people who actually ever read uh, Ms. Marvel? Like, my wife is one of them, but let's, let's not... You know, pretend like someone's not. Ms. Marvel's not one of the more no. popular amongst some of the longer-term hardcore comic book fans. Don't get me wrong. It's not like she's super unpopular either, but I think for a lot of people, this is all new regardless. Yes, 100%. Right. What's next? Uh, Sam Fisher goes on to say, I don't. I know you don't watch it, but this episode reminded me of the Doctor Who episode, Demons of the Punjab, which is about the partition. I, I've not seen that episode. Okay, and I don't watch... We were just talking about Torchwood, though, yeah, in the we car were. on the way back from lunch. Children of Earth. Uh, but, yeah, as somebody who doesn't watch, I, I wouldn't know. But I, I would keep my eyes open for it, though. All right, thanks, man. What's next? The Chosen Girl says, What was the point of the Red Daggers? Clandestine were weak villains. I don't think we'll see Captain Marvel now. Listen, I said, uh, like last week's episode, I said, I really liked that last week's episode four. I really liked it. Me too. Wasn't big on the Red Dagger stuff, though especially the kid like that that whole that was out of nowhere very forced and so now sitting by the campfire and like, like uh, that whole thing it didn't really although to me i kind of liked it again because it was world building and the fact that yes. there's an organization yes. in in karachi that knows that this is going on you know that there's somebody out there that's very because what, what i you know in a way this is going to seem a little strange but this is a mythology that we in America, I had a feeling, I have a feeling that no one in America involved in the MCU, like even the Avengers don't know about what's going on. And they don't know That's anything true. about the gins or the clandestines. They know nothing about it. It's not on their radar. And it showed that there are organizations in other parts of the world that are aware of things that are going on, such as mystical entities that have been around that we don't. And so I like the idea that there maybe there's other organizations that are aware of things that are our group, the Avengers or the Fantastic Four or whomever, the X-Men, that they, we just don't know about them. But these Red Daggers did. You know what I half expected? I expected a bunch of Red Daggers to pop out, but to have the Fez hats and say, we are members of orders of the Crescent Moon. We are sworn to protect the Ark or the pr protect the Grail. Like, I, seriously, that did not, did not feel like the but, same kind of organization. I can totally see that. Is yours? Yeah, my soul is prepared for death, Dr. Jones. Is yours? Yeah. But that's the same kind of thing. Like, there's that secret organization that we, you know, 
if you don't know about it. Mm. Narratively speaking, their function was there to give us the information about the other world, because that's something that Kamala couldn't just stumble across, right? Right. Uh, and again, maybe, like we're asking the question, well, we'll, to have the sudden ending of them, what was the point of the gin? It could be the same thing with the Red Daggers. Maybe that will become a little bit more pronounced once we get in episode six. But again, that's a maybe, who knows? It's a good question, man. It's a good question. All right, what's next? Uh, Sam Fisher says, I love the line from episode four, even though I'm a Muslim, in my heart, I will always be Indian. And I love that mom and grandma speak Hindi and not Urdu. But I, haven't they spoken both throughout the show? Probably. I mean, I, you know, I think, I think they they're like, because I always have the subtitles on. I always have the subtitles on. But she says, and someone uh, says spoken in, in Urdu. Wasn't the line, didn't the line say my passport is Pakistani, but my soul is Indian? Yes. I, I love that. But my heart will always be Indian. Yeah, yeah my heart. I, and because, you know, it was, I, I thought that was great. It was a beautiful moment. And, you know, what's really interesting is there's so many places in the world. There's all this ethnic, there's still ethnic strife in India itself. Yeah. And India and Pakistan are still at, at odds. And there's lots of places in the world uh, where there is that kind of that ethnic um, trouble. Attention. Attention. Yeah. And, and I really like the way it was portrayed here, that everybody on each side was sympathetic. There wasn't like these people are evil. No, they're not. And and they're like you said, they're just us. We're all the same. And just because my passport says something, my heart can be this way. And yeah. it's complicated, but also simple. It's complicated. All right, what's next? Uh, oh, Tim, this before you do, I just want to shout out uh, Isaiah Sazu, who just became a producer level member of our membership channel. Thank you so much for that, man. Nice. And Kyle uh, Mayer, a little bit earlier, became an actor level member in our membership. Thank you so much, guys. We appreciate that. Do you give like SAG cards, John Campy show SAG cards to our actor members? Uh, I, I No, I wish we had those. Though. That'd be uh, cool. Because that'd be cool. All right, I next? want one. Uh, Tim Platt says, at least this episode had stellar acting. This show won't be among my favorite MCU shows, but hard to argue that it doesn't have the best acting. The acting, especially in our beautiful couple. Those oh, two. They were great. That dude. I love that dude. I'm like, make that guy the a lead actor in some action franchise. I don't know. He's he's great. But again, the family has been fantastic. Fantastic. I mean, I to me, it is again, we we have to see how good or bad the final episode would be. As of right now, Ms. Marvel for me is very comfortably and very easily in my second favorite MCU show so far. Only behind WandaVision, which also I would say is probably the only one that I think has had even better acting because I mean, you're you're talking about um, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul uh, Bettany. Bettany. Who both got Emmy nominations for their thing, right? Uh, but I mean, yeah. Other than Wandavision, if we take Wandavision out, I think Ms. Marvel has been the best show they've had and the best acted show they have. But mm. uh, but of course, there's still Wandavision, right? All right, what's next? Car uh, Black says if Captain Marvel does show up in Episode Six, forty percent chance it'll only be in a post-credit scene. Mm, I don't, look, but I think if she <clears throat> does show up, it's going to be a part of the plot. It better be, because again, otherwise it's going to be what we were talking about a little bit earlier. It's like shows like, ended, like trying to segue into a thing. It's like, I've been looking for you. Who? Ms. Marvel will return. It's like, it's like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, that will be very disturbing if it's a post credit scene. They, they need to incorporate it somehow. By the way, just another quick shout out. Uh, my Kid Banana also became a director level member of our channel. Thank you so much for that, man. Appreciate it. Good to have you aboard. All right. What's next? Uh, Evelyn. Jakara Kuros 
says uh, the microchip conversation between Kamala's mom and grandmother was hilarious. Awesome. Well, I would have done it if it was legal. Made me laugh out loud. Me too. I thought it was. Again, that's why the show's well written. Yes. There's they they could have. That was a great exchange. It could have just been. Well, I I wish I had a leash for that girl, you know, but no. They, it was really and they good. always bring it back to our shared human experience absolutely about, like every mom thinks that and wishes that especially about their daughter especially about their daughter all right by the way sean porter just became an actor level member in our membership as well thank you sean good to have you here man all right what's next uh attack of the mushi how are you nani painting her mother from memory because she didn't have a photo of her and kamala giving her a picture of her at the end you're crying, not me. I'll tell you what, that was emotional. When she gave her grandmother that picture. So good. That oh. was so good. And again, great writing. Yeah. You know what? This is going to sound funny because it's a funny moment. But the part of this show for me that very nearly had me in tears was it might have been episode one. When the parents decide we're going to do a solid by our daughter. We're going to let her go to Avengers Con. Of course, with the th- but dad's going to go. And the dad who loves his kids so much goes through this effort to put together this Hulk costume. And of course, he looks ridiculous. Right. <laughs> but you could tell, like, you want to visibly see love? That was love. Yeah. That was love. And doing that, and then the daughter just pisses on his feet. You know, and the... The look on the dad's face, like it was a funny moment. But if there was ever a moment in this show that I nearly broke down into tears, it was that moment. Your yeah. heart just broke for this dad who was trying to do this extravagant show of love to his daughter. And and I, I guess that's what it is to be a parent of a teenager and just have it have shit thrown back in your face. Yep. Oh, my heart broke for him so much. I love this dad. I love him so much. All right. Anyway, what's next? Love or fear? <laughs> love. Pure love. Um, Cara Black says, I overall really like the episode, but who thought it was a great idea to just end the episode abruptly with an explosion and then wham credits? Extremely weird editing choice and very unmarvel like. I agree. Totally agree. No, I get I, I get it. You want to end on a bit of a cliffhanger, but there's a better moment. Like that's the scene to end on. That is the scene to end on. But there's a better moment to find mm. to end on. Like whether the camera pans back, you go back and signs Bruno to give one last line. Yeah. Like Uncle Salmon's going to be really mad about that. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, nothing so lame. Right, right, but right. I mean, but yeah, yeah. You can do something like that. It was the right scene, but the wrong moment. How did you feel about I it? I feel the same way. And, and this is the thing. I feel that that's why I, I believe these shows have like one script and they're shooting from one script instead of like a real TV show. Well, a real TV show where you have mul- <clears throat> you have scripts for each segment because those segments are are, are scripted to end in proper places. This made me realize like, oh. They just had to figure out where to end the episode. Like, it, they didn't have a real outro. Again, the, the scene felt like, yes, this is the definitive end of the episode. Just, again, it was just the wrong moment. Yeah, yes. It should have maybe stretched out another 20 seconds to throw in something that would have felt like a more natural ending. Yep. But, I, I mean, it is what it is. Let's see where they pick up. And is that it for all the questions? No, we have, we have a couple. Okay, what else we got in there? Uh, Christina B says previous episodes observation. I found it cute that Kamala is gathering a harem of boys following her around like puppies. And yeah, this, this girl, 
who is who's always kind of been invisible. So, well, I mean, obviously, there's a narrative reason Comron was there. Okay, so yeah. the Comron thing. Uh, Bruno has always been there and has always loved her. That's why I'm I'm Team Bruno. Uh, and then you got the Red Dagger boy that that I felt felt forced and kind of unnatural. Here, take my take my red scarf. Yes, but now all of a sudden, all these guys are 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 kind of chasing after. Like, granted, one of the sexiest things in men or women, boys or girls, is confidence. That's true confidence is a very sexy thing and so it would kind of make sense that kamala's found a new confidence and so like so i can buy into her being looked as being a little bit more uh there, there being an attractive element to her that maybe wasn't there before and and maybe that could be it mm-hmm. and that could be it i'll buy that all right what's next uh tim platt says just when i thought i understood where this story was going they go and change can't wait for this story to develop over the next few weeks oh Wait. Yeah, and Tim nails it, right? And that's the thing. This, I feel like we're at a great transition point to the final set of episodes. We're now ready for the conclusion of this story, not the final episode. And right. But again, I'm talking a lot of shit. But maybe we'll watch it, and it will go. Oh my god, they really pulled it off, and I hope they do. I'm just like I said, I'm dubious. Me too. I'm a little dubious. All right, please make it good. Christina B says, do you think they'll do a Miss Marvel season two? I'd love it if they did a proper season and not this six episode rush BS. The Noor ending was so bad. I will tell you this. I have heard no talk of a season two. And obviously, Ms. Marvel is coming back in the Marvels. But if you go to the IMDb page of it, when you look up Ms. Marvel, it says 2022 mini TV series. Yep, TV miniseries is what they call it. Ms. Marvel TV miniseries 2022. So it doesn't sound like they have a plans. I mean, obviously, we're going to see more of Kamala. Sure. But I don't know if it's going to be in a season two. Yeah, of the I show. mean, I think these I, I think these shows are kind of like having a, a limited series, a, literally a comic, like a six issue limited series. Right. Like when they introduced Longshot to the Marvel Universe, it was a six issue limited series. All right. What's next? Uh, Marie Seifring says... Kamran went to Bruno for help after being left behind. Also, since he has a clandestine ancestor, ancestor, that chain, it was like chain. Where did that go? Kamran can use the energy of the bangle as well. I wonder if he stays Kamala's friend or heel turns. Okay, so number one, nothing is necessarily said that the bangle will work with any clandestine, right? Right. I, I'm not saying they don't. I'm not saying they've excluded that. I'm just saying, let's be aware that nothing in the show so far has said this bangle will work with any clandestine. It it may very well be specific to her bloodline. Maybe yes, maybe no. Right. What do they do with Comron? I will say this. It will be disturbing if this Comron, who has been very, very face, like very good guy, very noble, even standing up against his own family and all that kind of stuff... If them in the final 38 minutes of this show, now, now granted, maybe we find whatever it is that happened to him. Sure. Does a dog. But I'm with you, him, dude. But it will, it'll seem very sudden and very forced. Yeah, I, I agree with yeah. that. All right. What's next? Uh, Sam Fisher says episode three, not four. Also opening scene floor had the design of the 10 rings, the Chinese design, not the Arabic design. I knew the bangle and 10 rings were related. I Again, Little things that are dropped. We as MCU fans, and I've been guilty of this, we find like some kind of imagery, Easter egg, whatever, and we think that's confirmation that this, and like seven times out of 10, it turns out it was nothing. Right. 
it could be that, yes, the, the bangle was there and just so happened to have been the resting place of the Ten Rings at one point, but maybe there's no connection. I, again, I think there's a connection, but we can't look at that one visual and say that visual confirms they are connected because the MCU has misled us on that a lot. A times. lot. And that's a good thing. Sometimes it's a good thing. All right. What's next? The Chosen Girl says, love the flashback with Aisha. I want more of her. Don't we all? I I mean, again, the great-grandparent couple is like like stupidly attractive couple. Stupidly attractive. And again, I don't know what it is with these Indian actresses. But like between her, the lead girl in um, Bridgerton season two, the lead Indian actress girl in Bridgerton season two. I mean, it's just like, come on. <laughs> well, like, I mean, you know, that area of the world, Persian women, Indian women. Oh. Yeah, and, the, and the men are stupid handsome. Like, yeah, these are good totally. looking dudes. They're good right. looking dudes. What's next? Uh, Andy says, as a 27 year old, I don't know a lot of people my age who know what Bon Jovi is or are fans. Glad to see a new generation being introduced to the band through Miss Marvel. That's very disturbing. It's, uh, come on. I mean, if people can know who the Beatles are, I'm not saying Bon Jovi are the Beatles, but if people can know who the Beatles are, you should know Bon Jovi. Isn't it crazy to think that more young people now know who Kate Bush is than know who, they bon, know who bon, bon Jovi is? is? You know, if you play Living on a Prayer, they're going to go, oh, they do that. Yeah, yeah. Living on a Prayer. We just did that at karaoke the other night at our house. All right, what's next? Alex Holt says, this episode was the weakest. The pacing was awful for me. Feels like they rushed it because Disney won't give the creators more time to flesh things out. Um, I would agree that it's the weakest, but to me, that's a commentary of how great the show has been. Right. And and the, the pacing of the show was not all over the place until they got out of the past, which was the bulk of the show. Right. So, yeah. And also a lot of this, this episode, as much as I liked it, did stray away from our main character. It wasn't even a flashback about. See, but I don't agree with you on that because like you and I had a discussion about this morning. See, even though Kamala wasn't physically in the scenes. Absolutely. It was still about Kamala. It was under, it was, there were scenes to to give us a bigger understanding of Kamala. Oh, I I totally agree with that. But, you know, for people like, uh, they want to watch Miss Marvel. She's so good. Yeah, you're right. When she's like, when she, you're just heart smiles when she's on screen. Well, I loved right. it. What's next? Uh, Nicolette King says, do you like episode five? And what do you think is going to happen next? I do like episode five, although I've been very, but my frustrations come with what I am speculating is going to lead us into an overtly rushed, disjointed, shoehorned in things of an ending. Yeah. Um, again, the, the sudden exit of the gin was very jarring. So I didn't like that aspect, but overall, yes, I like the episode. Mm. All right. What's next? Uh, Baruz, uh, Hulav, Hulav. I'm a Muslim and I'm also from Jersey and nice. a bunch of my friends live in Jersey city. The culture and vibes are spot on direction and acting is a joy. You know what? John, I've heard that from another friend of mine who says one of the great things about the show is the way he finally feels represented, that there's a Pakistani Muslim family that reminds him exactly of his family. And to me, that's what representation, when people talk about representation, what they want is to see themselves reflected correctly. Yes. And and I love that because I know that I love seeing other cultures, too. And when they're reflected the way they really are, I'm like, great, we're better for it. And I, that's what we love the family. As you say, we love the, I love this family, but they're all of us. See, 
there are some morons out there that don't understand that representation matters. Right. Yeah. And it's normally because you've always, always had representation. <laughs> right. So you like when you always have something, you don't understand the value of it because you've had it in abundance. Of course. Whether it's money or health or freedom or, or whatever. When you've had something in abundance, you don't understand the value of it. And so, or you've never even thought about it, or you never even give it a second thought. So therefore, you think, oh, what? Everybody's got money to buy a house, or everybody's got this, or everybody has. That. No, 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 they don't. Representation matters. You just don't get that because you've always had it. When, when there's, there's a reason. Like the amount of our viewers who wrote, like, I remember when Black Panther came out. Like how many emails I got from viewers of ours who are African American and stuff like that. Like just really saying, look. I, I've always loved Marvel. I've always loved the comic book movies. I've always loved that stuff. And I'm a, I'm a fan regardless if they're white characters or whatever. It doesn't matter. But I wasn't prepared. I remember this one guy wrote to me. I wasn't prepared for my own emotional response when I saw somebody who looked like me. Or when you see little girls dressing up in Wonder Woman costumes for the first time and getting because it was somebody who looked like them. You know, representation does matter. And, when, and that's only highlighted more and more and more whenever a show like a Ms. Marvel comes out and we get these messages coming in from people who are like, yeah, I love seeing this because I've always felt like I'm not a part of the MCU, but now I do, you know, and I think that's important. Well, and I also think from a storytelling standpoint, specificity of any kind, the more specific and the more authentic that specificity is, the story becomes more interesting. You know, that's why people yeah. love movies like my big fat Greek wedding. I remember watching like early Martin Scorsese movies, you know, stuff like Mean Streets. I love the whole Italian culture. I didn't have that in Seattle. Yeah, see, I grew up with that. So we didn't have that. You know, it was, Seattle was a little <laughs> far. It was as far away from New York as possible, you know, and I didn't. So I've always loved stories about whatever. Show me a different culture. And if it if it feels authentic. I I buy in right away. Yeah. And I think from the beginning, and what's so delightful about this show is this particular culture and the way it was presented was so delightful. I mean, it was so it was so warm. And it's and at its best when it showcases the differences, but reminds us it's all the same. 100%. I mean, that's, that's when it's at its best, right? All right, what's next? Uh, the Mouth of Master Plant says, hey guys, I love this episode the most and the history lesson awesome flashbacks and its ties to the story this is how to do a marvel hero intro yeah and again with all the whining and crying and bitching that i'm doing on the show about this <laughs> gonna rush the ending and blah blah blah. i am it's it is unfortunate it's a little bit unfair because i have glossed over a lot of the fact that i really did enjoy the episode but it, that's the thing it's my enjoyment of it that pisses me off about how, well, I, I'm, right how I'm worried about it's gonna end right but hope springs eternal hope what springs if eternal they or hope springs eternals what if they uh, do uh, stick uh, the uh, landing i knew what you did there hope they do if they do awesome they'll do something that they really haven't been able to do since wandavision so yes fingers I, crossed all right what's next uh, Sam Fisher says, I love that this episode goes even further back and we meet up with Kamala from the other side of the story. Again, giving us a deeper understanding of the connection of the bangle to her family mm -hmm. as a whole. The story of the grandmother leading to her mother that came over to America, setting the context for. I mean, it's just it was beautifully done. And again, the little twist that Kamala is the one that ultimately led her back to her to her grandfather, great grandfather. Uh, it It's. Again, let's see where they go with it. What's the next domino to fall? And that's really going to be hinging on everything. I agree. 
All right, what's next? In 38 minutes. Matthew <laughs> Jacob Meyer is sending a super chat and says, to me, the show is way more about the journey than the destination, and I absolutely love that. I cannot agree with this. That is the statement, right? Sometimes, a lot, a lot of times, it's just the journey. Take me on the journey with this character. 100%. And the journey with Kamala has been beautiful. Absolutely. I have, because I was in high school. I, I knew people like that. I was like some of the people in her orbit. I, going through all that, the discovery of power, it was, it's so much different than Peter's discovery of his Spider-Man powers and Tobey Maguire's, but some similarities there as well. It has all been about the journey, but it's still a show and you're still telling a story and you got to bring it to a point. And unlike a journey, which can just be pulling off the highway in Barstow to get gas. <laughs> this just can't end. This just can't suddenly end. Right. And you got to find a way to bring it to a summation. And they've struggled with that in, in, in Disney Plus so far. But, but I also do like the fact that this the bangle, the power is something that is familial. You know, it's yeah, that's down. Point too, it's a, yeah. It's a there's a legacy there, and I think that's important as well. I agree. And you could look at the bangle as any kind of it could be financial, it could be social. There there is stuff that gets passed down through families that matter. I agree. All right, what's next? Sam Fisher says, I feel like we should have seen the prisoner of Azkaban style time loop coming. That it was Kamala and not Aisha who saved Sana. Sorry. Yeah, because I really did think it was Aisha that that did that. Me too. From a distance, the, the mom gu guided her daughter to her dad. Maybe we should have seen it coming, but I, I'd be lying to you if I told you I did. I this did not, one part and I was I delighted by it, though. I agree. It was a really nice twist. Yep. All right, what's next? Uh, Suthius says, I saw it as Kamala created the stars for the girl. Okay, now, there is something, and, I, and they didn't need to explain it in this episode. I'm fine to have this reveal a little bit later. I am still unsure whether that was just the fragments of the platform she created for her or if it was actually Sansa. Uh, what, what was the grandmother's name again? Sana is it Sana? Sana? Yeah. Created that herself. After being exposed to the power yeah, of the, the bangle. To find her father, uh, which, which would make sense narratively because mm -hmm. it does run in the family. So I don't know. We'll have to see. Either way works for me. Either yep. way works for Agreed. me. Agreed. All right, and that's it. And guys, that'll do it for this installment of our Ms. Marvel open spoiler discussion. Thank you so much for being here and making this little spoiler discussion a part of your day. Again, I, I like the episode very much with the exception of like, that was an awkward ending for the gin. Yeah. Weird moment to end it off. And I do not feel like we're heading into the final episode. You were talking about the boys. The boys, we're heading into the final episode of the boys season this week. After last episode, it felt like we were heading into the final episode. It felt like it's all crescendoing at the right time. That is not how it feels with Ms. Marvel. No. I hope they find a way to stick the landing. Thank you guys for participating and joining us. Big thank you to you guys who sent in those super chats for giving us great fun theories and things to talk about, but also because you supported this channel and all of us involved with the channel. Thank you so much for that support. I want to thank Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at RM Burnett. Find me on Twitter at Burnett RM or find me at Post Geek Singularity on YouTube or PostGeekSingularity.com on the web. And of course, uh, he doesn't have a mic back there, but Jonathan Voico, producer, running the show here today. And of course, my name's John Campy, guys. Thanks a lot for being here. Don't forget to join us again for the John Campy Show tomorrow. We hope to see you there joining us. That'll do it for now, guys. Thanks a lot. And until next time. Bye-bye.